Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Derek O'Shea. You might know me on Twitter as at the Irish Forum. I'm joined today by Cloda. Hello. Henry. Thanks for coming back, Cloda. No didn't problem. Scare you the last My pleasure. Time. No, no, no. Only a tiny pup, so it's all good. <laughs> so last week we introduced you to the High Queens of Irish Facebook, the Girls Bind. Oh my God, what a complete Ashling! And today we're introducing you to the High Queen of Irish YouTube, <laughs> Claire Cullen. Well, thank you very much for that introduction. <laughs> thank you so much for coming along today. Yeah, no worries. If you are familiar, so there's no point in me saying if you're not familiar with Claire's work, because you are familiar with it. You've seen it so many times. It's been viral. It's been brilliant. It's been so funny. She has a finger on the pulse of what Irish senses of humour are and our sensibilities are between the Irish bucket list, stuff Irish girls say, and so on. She's always been there. In fact, recently, I was just reading, Claire, in the Mayo People from 2012. <laughs> Mayo Girl Becomes Internet Sensation. Yep, I remember this one. Everyone back in the town is delighted with the video's <laughs> success, admitted Claire. I was in the local pub recently, and they put the video up on the pub's touchscreen, and everybody wanted to watch. Oh my god, I had totally forgotten that. <laughs> More people identified with the video than didn't. And this is the important line here. However, despite the acclaim, the talented Mayo native has her feet firmly on the ground, no notions, obviously. Noting that the success of the YouTube videos tends to be short-lived. You know, in 2012, you thought, well, maybe this is short-lived, but we're in 2017 now, and you are still absolutely rocking the Irish social media scene. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, I've lived off that, uh, <laughs> that particular video for a while. Tell um, us how it started, because, I mean, I like... My thing, obviously, is, is Twitter, but the YouTube world is so different between the how you interact with people and how you build a following. And obviously, and it's worth mentioning, obviously, a lot of this involves your interest in the Irish language, as well as interest in Irish sense of humor in general. So I'd love to hear more about how it all started. Um, well, it actually started um, after I finished up. I'd been work after I finished college and I was working in college for a year as a student rep. And then after I finished that up, I had a degree in journalism with Irish but I couldn't find any work anywhere because it was just around the time of the crash or whatever. Um, so I remember I was just like unemployed and I just ended up watching a lot of YouTube and um, 
someone that I had met through the student scene, James Mitchell was making videos and he was the only person I knew in Ireland making videos. Um, and at the time, I think he ended up moving into comedy videos, but I think at the time he was making like music videos. Um, but I remember uh, I was watching him on YouTube and then I started watching like a lot of, I'd always watched Philip DeFranco and I had um, discovered Jenna Marbles shortly before that as well. So I was watching a lot of Jenna Marbles and she makes, she's a female that makes comedy sketches. Mm -hmm. And like she really inspired me. I was kind of watching her and this is back in the time of video responses. So yeah. realistically, if you had to boil it down, how it all got started was video responses because I was like, this is really funny and I want to make a video uh, like I want to make a funny sketch and I kind of want her to see it so I basically made a video response to one of her videos it was my first ever video um, and then so her video was called What I Would Have Done in Cancun and it was basically that her holiday had been cancelled she was dancing around in her bikinis and um I made a video what I would have done at Oxygen because I was mm. at home and unemployed and all my friends were at Oxygen without me. Um, and I put it up as a video response to her and like I remember my friend James, I asked him to look over it and see like was it any good and he gave me some constructive feedback and funnily enough he recently told me that um, he was like, yeah, it was really nice to you at the time because like I didn't want to discourage you but it was terrible. <laughs> like, even at the time I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I was like, thanks James um, but yeah so that's basically how it all got started and that's why I'm still like bring back video responses I'm actually loving the idea of video responses because it makes you think about what you say yeah like I mean sometimes I'd be on Twitter and I'd, I'd suggest that there's an Irish word for smearing something with cow feces <laughs> or there might be another word for a particular shoal of fish or a, a, a flock of birds above a shoal of fish and I might get a response like lol you're so gay <laughs> and in 2017 yeah. like, I know yeah like, real clever <laughs> or, or something like this or why don't you f off you don't even use the shavus <laughs> and then we oh. get the, another response that might be you know in Irish that I'm like well yes that's the word but because of the place you put it in the sentence you really should have put it in the tishtal genedach or words like that and I think possibly if people had to give video responses They've yeah, and then it, it it makes them put tone into it as well because you can you can't really read tone over text, mm -hmm. and like especially with, I'm mad into WhatsApp, and I know that I've gotten into arguments with some of my friends because I'm like, hey, and they're like, no, I didn't mean it like that, and I'm like, and I'm like no, I didn't mean it like that, and it just kind of because you really can't translate tone you can't, through yeah. text. So I love the idea of video responses, and I think that I know the reason that they got rid of them was because sorry, this is a total tangent, no. but I know that they got rid of them because it used to be about clicks on YouTube, um, and actually that's an important thing to talk about as well. It used to about clicks on YouTube and there used to be reply girls and they'd scheme the system with thumbnails and stuff um, so they got rid of video responses as kind of part of tackling that but now that YouTube's all about watch time yeah, and it's not about like you know a high bounce rate is bad for you so you want people to be staying on your video rather than clicking in, clicking out again. Yeah. Um, I think the video responses could totally come back in that context because you can't game the system that I can see Um with video responses that way well, like because if you're I mean if you're I mean, people respond to each other all the time like distract to this person distract back the way like mm -hmm. but it's just not official you can't link them together I just love them I think I think they should come back it's my one thing on YouTube but I'm like always like bring back video responses it's a, one of the things about because there's so many there's such a few a small number of large internet companies and this is one of the reasons people reacted so badly to the 280 character thing is that there's no option like say if you don't like new cars you can still drive your your 57 Chevy or your 1979 Datsun, but if Twitter changes, you can, there's nowhere you can go to get old Twitter, and then if YouTube changes, there's nowhere to go to get old YouTube. Yeah. 
I quite like moving with the times, though. I think I'm mm. one of the only people I know that didn't have a problem with the 280. I'm actually delighted I don't have to make grammatical errors just to make something fit into a tweet anymore. Um, and I really enjoyed the way that some people were copying and pasting like parts of novels and stuff, and I just thought that was very funny. Um, yeah, I, I really like to move with it, and I try not to dwell in the past, especially with all the changes on YouTube. Like, um, as I mentioned, it is about... Uh, watch time on YouTube now and not clicks and I would have been kind of the when I started their advice to people like me was make one video a week you know the 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 best practice was one video a week under two minutes and that was it oh and it was like put it up push everyone to it um you know get all the clicks whatever and then next week put up another video and um that was that's a big change to what it is now so now they're saying the longer the better you've got to keep people watching so it ha it has to be much longer than 2 minutes people can't click in and leave like you you need to get them to stay throughout the whole thing and mm -hmm. also you need to be uploading more regularly like i think best practice now is like is at least 3 times a week but lots of people would advise you to do every single day. Now, I don't know if that's YouTube's official, but Casey Neistat would advise you to upload like every day. Okay. Um, so it's a totally different fish to where I started with. So I've actually found a lot of success in recent years on Facebook hmm. um, with the kind of content that I started on YouTube with. So my actual YouTube content is kind of totally different now. It's much longer form. It's much more about me as a person rather than like the sketch. I do put up sketches too, but I mm. I mix it up. And the Irish Bucket List, of course, is a long form, like kind of entertaining kind of travel thing. Yes. In a vlog style format. So that's much more pertinent to the what YouTube wants me to do. And then I've actually found a lot of success in particular in recent months on Facebook with the, with the same short sketches I've, I've I cut my teeth on. Mm. Mm. Do you find there's a different uh, culture of responses in YouTube and Oh and yeah, big time, yeah. It's it's all different. There every platform's so different and I'm a real advocate of providing different content on each, which is tough sometimes because like I also have a full-time job. I do this, you know, mm. on the side as well. Now, luckily my full-time job is also creating content with the YouTube channel Facts. So previously when it's been maybe more serious jobs or jobs that didn't tie together so organically, it's been yeah. tough, but now it's it's brilliant. Um and but I do kind of try and create very vastly different content for each platform, and as a result, I find that I get vastly different responses on each network. Um, and I think it also depends on how well the piece of content does. So if the piece of content does much better and attracts much more strangers or new people mm -hmm. to whatever page you're on, mm -hmm. you're going to get a much more mixed bag of response. Whereas if, say, it's on YouTube and it's only my subscribers are watching it, like they're, a lot of them are going to have positive things to say. Mm -hmm. um, but then if, say, if something goes viral on Facebook uh, and you get a lot of, like, so example, here's a real life example. Okay. In the year of the election, was that 2016? God, was that a year ago? The year um, of the general election? The, no, the American election. Oh, Only last yeah. year, wasn't it? Um, God, feels like forever ago. But I did a, a parody video about Trump and it got 5.6 million views on Facebook. Um, and actually a lot of tr pro-Trump people like followed me for a couple of months so that they mm -hmm. could just like abuse me on everything I put up. Um so that was a rough couple of months. Uh, and that was particularly on Facebook because that was really avenue 
really easy avenue to do that. Whereas I also had uploaded the same video to YouTube um, and I didn't get quite the level of, I actually got a much more positive response on YouTube and I don't know, is that indicative of the kind of people that use YouTube or just that my subscribers kind of only came across it or what the reasoning there is. Yes. Um, or maybe it was my tags and maybe only people who weren't pro-Trump found it. I don't know. But on Facebook, because it spreads to kind of everyone and it one once one person comments on it, all their friends can see it. So, you know, someone, if someone doesn't agree with it, then all their friends that possibly don't agree with it either will see it. So, it, it yeah, mm. that, that one was. And then more recently, an example is um, the Irish makeup video, which I think, I don't know if you mentioned, um, but I did a video jokingly comparing British and Irish makeup mm-hmm. um, and it was received really, really well on my Facebook page and it got nearly 600,000 views and then the Irish Post put it up and theirs got a million, I think, but yes. uh, <laughs> their audience didn't really get it or they like didn't enjoy it as much as my audience because I feel like my audience expected that from me mm-hmm. um, and then therefore they shared it with like-minded friends who thought it was funny, the edgy where I was coming from, mm-hmm. but I think that... Um, I think that on the Irish Post they had because they're they're an Irish publication based in London. There's a lot more British people who were very offended <laughs> by my British makeup jokes. Just for a bit of context, um, Claire did was she created a video you may have seen it, where she did one side of her face in Irish makeup, Irish style of makeup, and the other side in in English style of makeup. But as the video progressed, and we have a short clip for you, we started realizing that she's talking about a lot more than just foundation. <laughs> yeah. On the British side, cover your face in CC cream. Really invade your face. Claim that land as yours. On the Irish side, choose a thicker, lighter foundation to cover up 800 years of oppression. On the Irish side of your face, use some thick, heavy-duty concealer to cover the bags under your eyes from constantly fighting for your rights. I was inspired by a video I'd seen on YouTube actually um, by Mr. Jovita George who's a makeup artist mm-hmm. and she did um, I think I believe it was American versus French makeup and it was actually a really interesting video but it was a serious mm-hmm. uh, makeup tutorial showing the difference in how pe- they do their makeup in those countries and I was like God I'd love to make you know something along these lines it's really funny I'm not a beauty guru though but I could do I you know I immediately knew I could do a parody one mm-hmm. but originally I was just going to kind of just do the makeup without the commentary and then I was like I was kind of thinking about it and working it out and I was like yeah it could be really exaggerated like because all, all Irish girls you know they say mm. all Irish girls do the really exaggerated eyebrow or whatever mm. and then I, I can't really remember how the idea came about but I was just like oh I could make a joke here that like I could compare this to something and then it just took off from there I was mm-hmm. like it, it took me a couple of days to write it but um it was, yeah, so basically I kind of make a lot of jokes like, you know, on the Irish side of your face, make your eyebrow thick here, like it's, this part's got 26 counties and really thin here, like that part's only got six. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's real my sense of humour, like it's, and I did push the boat out in that one, like I knew some people wouldn't like it, but like it's, it's only a joke. I think it worked. <laughs> It's interesting because it sounds like YouTube has become a lot more demanding over the years. Like you really need to create lots more content. It needs to be longer. It needs to be, you need to have good audience retention. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And watch time and everything else. And you need to be like constantly engaging and and commenting and posting. And then you're Mm -hmm. trying to keep up all your other stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Facebook now has become so much more, I guess, kind of like short content friendly with memes and everything else. Do you think YouTube is actually moving with the times or is it kind of... 
progressing into an area that isn't going to benefit in the future because people just get tired of having to create so much content on YouTube when they can just go to Facebook and think, you know, oh, I can make a meme that will last, you know, 10 seconds. You know? Well, I think that YouTube is always going to have a place in the market because at the end of the day, it's the only place paying its creators. True. Um, so I know that Facebook have kind of looked to bringing that in and but it at I don't see at this moment in time a place where it's ever going to match what YouTube can provide in terms of that, at least not the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I do think that YouTube is differentiating itself and it's actually becoming a different space altogether. This is just my personal opinion now. But mm. if you look at Facebook, it's all about the stuff that used to be viral on YouTube when when YouTube was all about clicks. Yeah. It'd be the yeah, the short stuff, the shocking stuff, the pranks, the things that, you know, make you want to like comment or share or whatever, whether it's an outrage or delight. Um, you know, like videos of puppies, like whatever it is. Mm. Um so I do think YouTube, yeah, will always have like I don't really think Facebook's coming for it in that sense. Yeah. But mm. I do think they they are totally different. Facebook definitely has its own niche now. Mm-hmm. I think a classic example of kind of the Facebook viral cycle would be that video when the uh, expert on the professor of Asian studies had his child sneak into the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and initially there was this great, isn't it funny? And then it was followed by a wave of, oh, the, you're laughing at this because you're, you've, you've misinterpreted the mother as being a maid because you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. And other people saying, well, I'm not. In fact, you misinterpreted this. And he's mean to his wife. He's mean to his kids. Yeah. And then suddenly, yeah, the, thing we all enjoyed, <laughs> the thing we all enjoyed 18 hours ago is now causing us to fight and pe- cause us <laughs> to delete tweets and things. So true. <laughs> but, um, but obviously YouTube is different from that. One of the great things, in addition to gags about the immersion and dri- driving <laughs> the background into town because you don't have your tax, <laughs> you've also done some wonderful content relating to the Irish language. Yeah, so um, that was an accidental sort of uh, hit. I just, one year, I was actually in Australia, about five years ago now, it must be at four, five. And um, it was shocked in the gale again. I was homesick and I really wanted to do something. And I was big on Tumblr at the time mad into Tumblr. So I made a video where I really now crudely translated terms into, and I mean, I was doing the best with what I could, you know, trying to figure it out myself. So they're probably totally incorrect. Um, But in terms of when you're translating slang, you Mm -hmm. can kind of get away with it. So um, yeah, I just crudely translated them into Irish kind of terms I would use on Tumblr a lot. And then that got a lot of traction on Tumblr. And that's suppose another thing, like the different ways you push your videos out over the years. Like now, I wouldn't really use Tumblr anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was the first one. And then I kind of, I was like, oh, this, the next year I was like, I think I'll do another one. I actually didn't do one for then a full year. And then the next Shock and the Gale guy I did, uh, I think it was How to Curse in Irish was the next yes. one. And then that's my most popular Irish one now. Um, and now I have a good few. I've got, you know, Mean Girls quotes in Irish, um, popular slang in Irish you know I, every now and again I when I come up with something Game of Thrones terms I'll do it mm-hmm. Did Duolingo follow you when they did about uh, Bon Jagger because Duolingo one of the very famous Duolingo translations is on Wednesday we were pink Oh no Bon Jagger I think it is Oh I don't know actually I know that Duolingo did get in touch with me after the um the How to Curse an Irish video mm-hmm. and they did ask if they could use the full list of of uh, curses that I had. Now, I had gotten help from a Gael Gore with those, mm. uh, so I'm very confident that those are correct. He doesn't want to be named, but... Uh, very well. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's very... Um, 
very very like he works in Irish and stuff so I, I'm definitely confident that those are correct so I provided Duolingo with that list and I actually think it's just verbatim just one after the other up on their website but I don't know about that I presume they were much before me on the, the Mean Girls one but I never <laughs> thought to check them actually just to make sure I was right yeah, Josh dropped them in he was like, hey, uh, <laughs> just don't talk about that thing. <laughs> There's loads I, I want to do. I did a couple this year, which were, um, I did How to Have Sex in Irish, and I did uh, Pick Up Lines in Irish, I think, yeah. So both of those were from a book that I, um, my friend Blaheen gave me from the Cunra Oh, Um yes. So I think it's called Crelu Oscailga or something like that, and um there's a picture of two of them going at it on the front and it's just <laughs> all the dirty talk in Irish so it's actually ra- it's quite it was quite simple you know what I mean mm. I just kind of found that book and could give that book a bit of a promo and also get a you know bit of talk going about the Irish language people really la- enjoyed those videos actually and would you consider you, how, would, how would you feel with your own level of Irish I feel like I'm very out of practice um, I do have a degree in it but my other half doesn't speak it. My family don't speak it. Um, mm. I after I left college, I didn't really. I kind of lost touch with my Irish language friends from college. So I am trying to get back into it now, because it's something that's important to me. And it was always something I actually wanted to work in. So I was like, okay, mm. time to get back on the horse. Um, so I've been going to the pop up Gaeltucks, and I've been looking at taking a couple of refresher courses. Like I can definitely hold a conversation, but I feel like my level of confidence isn't where it should be or where I'd want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like once you get a glass to wine into me, I'm grand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I get a bit nervous before that. <laughs> I'm just so worried I'll get something wrong and somebody will correct me, and I don't know why. It's like who cares? But it just this is the recurring thing because we I were mean, talking I... about that last week. Yeah, like in the episode last week, we were talking to Shua, and she was saying that like people constantly in the pop-up world like even say to her you know can you make sure you correct me if we get something wrong and people are terrified to make any kind of mistake in Irish when really like it makes no difference to be honest to one sentence and it is really a recurring thing Mm. you know it really is yeah and I mean I don't mind being corrected either in terms of like if I'm saying something kind of wrong and I want to fix it but yeah it's just this weird irrational fear that's like oh my god like I don't want people to know that I say the wrong word sometimes oh my Mm -hmm. god (laughs) Um, but I did work actually uh, down TG Lurgan two years ago I think oh. uh, I was down with them for one of their courses they invited me down they were like do you want to come down and kind of work on the videos and I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just kind of down there and, yeah. and helping out with them and we did a version for my channel of uh, Iggy Azalea's Fancy in Irish Oh, and um, yeah it was it was a really really brilliant time and actually at the end of those three weeks I was it was all back mm-hmm. all came back to me I was flying so that it'll come back to me no problem like yeah, and it does even in the pop-up gale because I said with a glass of wine on me. <laughs> I even find still myself that say when someone speaks to me in Irish, I translate in my head what it is in English. I think oh, I'd say it back to the English, then I translate into Irish, and that's a lot of stages. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I start doing, but then as I relax, I start to think. I think that's the key. I need to think in Irish. That's how I can properly kind of just talk away. Mm-hmm. It's that that holds me up. That whole translation bit, yeah. Claire, in the spirit of your recent video about Irish makeup yep. and English makeup, and this is a whole world that I know very little about. I grew up in a family full of brothers, and I went to an old boys' school, and this is it's a whole world I didn't realize of how makeup can be a part of self-authorship and self-control as opposed to doing other things, and there's so many different types of terminology. I had no idea. We're going to talk about the Irish ones. Go for it, yeah. The first one I'd like to do. If you'll excuse my Balyahuckly Irish, is <laughs> the Irish for contour brush. Scoob, 
Kavrichta. And uh, so a concealer brush then is um, Scoob Folahora. I am not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. Scoob Folahora. Yeah, Scoob Folahora. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Foley means hide. Foley and Graw Grain means love is blind. So Folahora must be how that's pronounced. Scoob is brush anyway. Scoob just, is yeah. brush. You got that. <laughs> scoob it up. <all>. Yeah. <laughs> just give me the scoob. <laughs> I don't actually name them in English. My brushes, I'm just like, brush. Do you name the individual ones? No, I'm just like, this is a brush. This is (laughs) another brush. Shea butter is im she in Irish. And interestingly enough, she also means fairy. So, fairy butter. Fairy butter. Hey. (laughs) Magic is up with (laughs) some shea butter. Yeah. No, it's Bob. And the Irish for a split end is ribba squealta. Oh, I like that one. It's nice. Ribba squealta. Ribba squealta. Ribba squealta. I like that one. I'm going to rob that one. Do you know you know the way ribba, right? Yeah. Hair. Um, I love the Irish words that come out of the English. Well, sorry, they're not English, but you know what I mean. Okay, so the everyday English, inverted commas, words that we use actually came from like Irish, like a rib of hair. Like mm. people in Britain are like, what? A rib of hair, yeah, yeah they wouldn't say it. Because that came from Irish, but people don't even realize it. Like it's mad, I love it. Um, Lummock. So lummock is the old Irish word for waxing. Yeah. Back in the 19th century, who knew they were waxing? Yeah, exactly, yeah. actually. Well, it was probably horrifically painful, whatever they were doing. It was agony. Sure, everything back in the 19th century. Like, there's a, there's like a famine, the there's a famine but I still don't look hairy. <laughs> 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 Gotta look oh, amazing God. for the famine ship. <laughs> no, it's got very dark very quickly. I know. <laughs> it's not that dark. <laughs> I could go darker if you want. The Irish from makeover is Neovashu, to beautify or decorate anew. That's really nice, actually, Neovashu. It's very straightforward as well. Yeah, it works. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. works. The Irish for a facial is Coral Aidon, which translates literally as facial treatment. The Irish to exfoliate, it's a verb, it's a scov. Oh, that's nice and simple. Nice and simple. I remember that one. No messing. That's nice and easy to remember. I think you'll like this one, Clodo. Clonogach can mean luxuriant of hair, haha, <laughs> or cunning of nature. Just a word for one whose hair is full of secrets. What is that implying? Oh, amazing. <laughs> That's a Mean Girls reference. I love it. It is. It's a Mean Girls it reference is. in Irish. That is It goes epic. all the way back. Yeah. It's classic. Great, and that wasn't in my Mean Girls <laughs> in Irish video now. I'll stick it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, commenting on the three-year-old video here. <laughs> Try this one. So a catog is a gal with curly hair. Oh, I like that one. I'm a catog. Mm-hmm. Yay. Mr. Russian. Two catogs. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I like that one. That's nice and easy to remember. Yeah, I think that's when you can introduce catog. into daily life. Wish that had been my username, actually. Somebody said to me the other day, why didn't you call your channel CCTV? And I was like, oh, why didn't I call my <laughs> channel CCTV? Oh, God, that was amazing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Try this one. The Irish for eyeshadow is Skahusu. Ooh. I'm liking the alliteration. And we'll have one more. The Irish word blaholt means hair that's glossy and beautiful. Very Aww. nice. And bouncy and swishy. <laughs> Not my hair then. <laughs> <laughs> Before we finish up, Claire, um, you started off with some great gags with the immersion and things like that. And maybe as, as you've built your audience and gained their loyalty and covered more and more topics, maybe some of your comedy's got more serious, more edgy. Yeah, I definitely think my comedy's got more edgy. Um, 
I've actually done quite a few serious videos on YouTube as well, like just talking about stuff I care about. So I've done like a recent example is I did a video where I kind of, to the best of my ability, tried to like calmly explain what repeal the eighth was because mm -hmm. I have a lot of people who follow me from America or from wherever that are like, kept being like when I would casually mention it or tweet about it, they would be like, what is it? Um, so that's an example of kind of one of the more serious ones I've done. And I think a couple of times when there's been an election, if I've if there's been a candidate that I've had a particular problem with, <laughs> there was uh, one video I did called Irish Election Lies where I just basically went through like a couple of um, leaflets that I felt weren't telling the exact truth on things. And it's all my own opinion and it's all kind of um, done in a sort of ranty, entertaining style. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit more serious, I guess, than the sketchy stuff. I suppose we are living in slightly more serious times. I mean, this, I think if you think that, say, 10 years ago, there was a certain kind of a standard in political comedy was, oh, isn't, isn't that leader a bit of an idiot? Oh, yeah, ha, ha. Yeah. And whereas now, actually, there's, a, there's an awful lot more at stake. Yeah, well, I think in particular, my YouTube channel is like a space for me to express myself. So sometimes I don't feel like making a joke. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like I want to just talk about something or maybe explain something in my own way. I want to make that contribution. Um, whereas, you know, on Facebook and places like that, I'd stick to the comedy stuff, stick to the sketchy stuff. That is much more what that audience are looking for. But yeah, on YouTube, I get to have a little bit more freedom and, and switch it up a bit. But yeah, my comedy has, has definitely gotten a bit more edgy. I think maybe not even edgy, but it's definitely got a bit more... Um, and I hate to use this word, but like woke or political or whatever, mm. whatever way you want to describe it, because five years ago, I was a different person mm. and I, you know, thought different things were funny. I also understood life d differently and understood the world differently. And I feel like every, you know, as I get older and as I kind of change my view on the world, like my comedy changes with me. And yeah. in some cases that means it gets darker. And in some cases it means it gets more political. And I, instead of, you know, making fun of random stuff, I might make fun of like a particular political thing that I find ridiculous. Like, for example, I made a video making fun of the American um, argument over whether or not transgender people could use the bathroom. Yeah. Because uh, I just thought it was ridiculous. Um. So yeah, I suppose it has gotten a bit more edgy and then I've gotten a bit more confident as well. So in particular in, in recent months with kind of how well stuff has been doing on Facebook, yeah, that gave me the confidence to make a few Brits out jokes in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the makeup video, which are obviously jokes. But uh, I think yeah. that the kind of the success of, of kind of the response to the not all men things has, has actually given some people with, I mean, Republican inclinations more confidence to say Brits out because you know there's been such when, when whenever when people have said hashtag oh, not all Brits yeah, <laughs> hashtag not all Brits exactly you know and I think it's I think Brexit revealed such even even this very week people are like we never realised there was a land border with another European country good God and yeah. that, that, that our entire anti-immigration stance is can't be can't be yeah. um, enforced with with a land border with a European country and let's make it hard. People, the things people don't know would shock you. Like mm. the amount of people that could still come on my channel are like, wait, Ireland has a language that's not English. Mm -hmm. like, oh my god, are you serious? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it's mad. It's <laughs> definitely mad. Uh, completely. Even like say some people in Britain will be oh absolutely you know Northern Ireland is absolutely part of Britain and then you try to buy something in Northern Irish sterling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
oh, right. Oh, except for when, you know, except for when I have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's been one commenter that has been commenting on my thing for about two years, being like, make a video about the troubles. And I'm like, mm, I don't find that particularly funny. So, no, I won't be, you know, and it's, it, it's, I do like to push the envelope, but like, I'm not out here to like mm-hmm. insult or offend anyone. I just want to make something that I find is funny. And sometimes I want to push the boundary a bit, but yeah. there are things that I don't find funny. And unless, you know, that changes, I'm not going to be making content about it anytime soon. Um, so, I, but yeah, I have made, you know, a couple of jokes about the North and the Republic and anytime I make one, I started off very lightly and anytime I make one and it goes well, I push it a bit further. So before I did the British and Irish makeup video, I did actually um, a wedding because I'm getting married. Oh. I did like a wedding content YouTube kind of style video, but it was it turned out to be a parody at the end. So I was like making, it was like wedding DIY signs, la la, but then at the end the sign says Brits out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was actually kind of nervous putting that up, but then it was received so well that I was like, okay, people are on board. They're, you know, so I'm going to push it a bit further next week. <laughs> so yeah, as long as people keep <laughs> liking it, I'm going to keep pushing <laughs> I'm hoping to do an episode in, in the coming uh, weeks when I just talk to some um, um, Northern Irish Protestants who are learning Irish and oh, amazing, who have a huge yeah. interest in it. And fact is the that you know, trying to politicize or even trying to make it something that belongs to only one community is is insane. The actual Irish language was saved by a Protestant community in the 19th century mm-hmm. by yeah, Douglas Hyde and their gang. So uh, oh, we do joke about Brits out ultimately. Irish is for everyone. Oh, absolutely, exactly. yeah. total joke. And like, absolutely. I love, I love, I love people learning Irish. Like people mm-hmm. in Canada, people, people message me from like the mm-hmm. most amazing Switzerland and places where they're like, I'm in this tiny little school. Like mm-hmm. five of us are learning Irish. I'm like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. I love yes. it. Go for it. And on that note, Claire, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. If people want to find out more about your work, where can they find it? So I'm Clizzair on every social media except Snapchat. So that is C-L-I-S-A-R-E. And that is, it's basically clear with an I-S in the middle. Real original. Uh, <laughs> but it's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook are the two places I post most. Um, and then on Snapchat, I'm real Clizzair. So R-E-A-L-C-L-I-S-A-R-E. And uh, if you just Google that, you know, if you just Google stuff Irish girls say you'll find me except no substitute that's what I always tell people (laughs) (laughs) so it's a slant from me slant from me and slant from me (laughs) see you next time hey Dara again I want to thank today's guest Claire Collin for coming along and talking to us if you have any suggestions, tips, or corrections for the show, please email us at motherfucklore at headstuff.org, or you can contact us on the Twitter account at motherfucklore. Next week, we will be talking to two of the gentlemen from the band Imla, an Irish music fusion collective, and it's going to be an excellent episode, so please do tune in. Motherfucklore is out every Friday, brought to you by the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you're looking for a new podcast to get stuck into, there's plenty of others. And in the time of year we are in, you can look forward to a podcast called Roast Chestnuts, brought to you by Alan McGuire and Gene Sutton. I want to thank Brian for producing us today and Kirsten Shield for her artwork. So look forward to seeing you next time. Slán. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Books, Patrons. (laughs) 